we're missing good stuff. Right, we're missing good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were already like roll I just, tape. I, roll I know. Tape, Charlene, roll I know. Tape. Welcome to I Know the Owner, a podcast where bar people talk bar stuff. I'm Charlene Wellington. I'm your host and owner, and I'm here with Bobby Gagnon. Sounds Is that good. right? Yep, that's it. Um, of the infamous The Gate in Park Slope. <laughs> hey, Bobby. Thanks. How are you? How are you doing? How are you? Good, good. to have you here. Good to see good to you. Have you in house. I've been chasing you for, uh, been chasing. for a year now. Yeah, we've, you know, through a, through a pandemic. What? You did? Mm-hmm. Weird. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Always a worldwide one, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you were just saying you're from Boston? I'm from Boston originally, yeah. I grew up about 20 miles south of Boston. Okay. And uh, moved to New York in 1993 via right. California. So I kind of moved around a little bit. Kind of 19- ran away from home as, as a kid. Did, oh, yeah? Know. How old were you? 18. 18. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you... Were you a bartender before? So, yeah. So I moved out to California with an ex, and we um, kind of struggled a little bit. I did, like, a little bit of just picked up work wherever I could. Mm-hmm. And then she started bartending. So I guess she had already had some kind of, you know, a little uh-huh. bit of experience. And um, I was like, wow, she's actually making some decent money. So I basically just, I bullshitted my way into a bartending job and nice. literally like almost fell on my face. <laughs> Do you know the name of the place? Do you remember? Just because I'd, I'd, I'd been in bars, mm-hmm. so I kind of figured it out, you know, by uh, osmosis, I guess. Uh-huh. And... Um, and I was really fortunate in that there was, like, the main guy at this place. It was the L.A. Cabaret Comedy Club in Encino, California. Okay. I think it might still be there. I'll and have to this, look dude, it up. <laughs> this dude, Ron, that I worked with was, like, an angel. Like, he knew I had no idea mm-hmm. what was happening. And he just... He when helped. The, when the boss was around, he was basically just running orders for me. Like uh-huh. He was just moving, moving me aside, handing me bottles. And wow. Yeah, so it was, like, training on the fly in a very stressful environment. Mm-hmm. So I learned quick. You know. Yeah. Um, and how long did you stay there? Uh, about a year and a half. And then I caught wind of, I had a friend, weird thing about, um, about work and apartments out there that I, I did not know before I moved out there was that there were like, there were services you could pay for to get mm-hmm. listings of apartments that. and listings uh-huh. of job availability. And especially in the bar trade. Uh-huh. So... I ran into this dude I knew, and he was like, um, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm bartending in the Valley. I hate it. And um, he's like, well, I got this uh, this list thing that I, I still belong to. I'll keep an eye ear, uh, an ear open. And he like, got me. Like Craigslist before Craigslist. Yeah, you paid. Like, I guess you paid okay. an annual fee or a monthly fee or something, and then you got these printouts. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, you're talking. 1993, yeah. yeah so not a lot know. of internet. So, no, that 93 is when I moved here. So this oh, would have yeah. been, been like mid to late 80s. Oh, wow. Yeah, no internet. No. So, uh, anyway, I got this place called Barney's Beanery. It's a legend. Uh, it's, it's now been replicated like five or six times. But mm. the original location, got an interview with the boss. Uh-huh. He hired me. I was pretty green. I mean, a year and a half. And that place just basically hires veterans. So. Uh-huh. And again, ran into like just an amazing staff who kind of took me under their wing. So you just and convinced him to hire you? You just yeah, like well, faked guess, it till you made it? I don't it? know. I had a little, I had a <laughs> lot of the Boston wise-ass attitude. Uh-huh. You know, I was, you know, overconfident. That's um, good when you're yeah, young. Yeah, when he asked questions, <laughs> I had, you know, the snappy answers I guess he liked. He was from Brooklyn originally. Okay. So I guess he liked that kind of East Coast thing, you know. And uh, the, fun, the thing I remember most from that interview was that he said, besides asking me experience and tell me, you know, tell me something about the job you're in now, and 
he said, um, so what's the plan, kid? You gonna buy me out? You gonna buy me out someday? Oh and wow! I, I was like, wow, what a what a question. I'm like, maybe I will, you know. And that was it. End of interview. He's like, can you start next week? And I'm like, yeah. Man. But that became wow. kind of like the that was the place because that was the mm. place where I found beer. You know, that, that okay. place had like 300 and some odd bo- bottles of beer in about a dozen drafts. Before anybody, yeah, and it, I mean a lot of it was imports, in kind of like what we started with here. There wasn't a ton of American craft beer, but like Sierra Nevada, Anchor Steam, like Pyramid, I remember that, yeah, Rogue. You know, some mm-hmm. of these West Coast guys um, were out uh, out there and around at that time, and it was just like you know, it was a revelation, you know, yeah, and Belgian stuff, like mm-hmm. just taste profiles you never would have come across in in Brockton, Massachusetts. You know? Yes, yes, like the you know. The, uh, the the Becks and Heinekens were the best you could get. Yeah, you know? and I was working in places that had, like, just put in their first beer tap system. Yeah. And you could get, like, Bud or Bass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that Bass was, Ale, like, like the it. fanciest Fuller's of fanciest. And the, some of those British yeah. brands. Yep. And none yeah, of and us even people, knew how to, like... A lot of people in New York, like, New York took a while to kind of come mm-hmm. around on the craft beer thing because I think a lot of the older school bar owners... Um, like O'Connor's, like the old man uh-huh. down there at O'Connor's, which I used to go in. When we were building here, I used to go there all the time uh-huh. and talk to him. And he was literally trying to talk me out of putting in the draft system. Oh, wow. Too much of a pain in the ass. Yeah, You're yeah, out of yeah. your mind. How many draft lines? 24. <laughs> You're crazy. Don't do it. You're I mean, end it takes up, up a lot out. of space. It does. But and he was also like the maintenance on it, yeah. you know, and then the problems you have with actually pouring beer. Yeah. The waste involved, you know. I mean, a, a mm-hmm. bottle is open the bottle, serve the bottle. It's yeah. All, it's all self-contained and ready to go. Do you have 24? I have 24. I'm co- currently running 13. Okay. Yeah, I, I pared yeah. it all down after COVID. After COVID. Well, we went like so cans primarily because it was all, everything was outdoors when we finally yeah. got reopened. So it was just easier. So just easier for that carry, you know, like order and get out of here, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and there so, was also not a lot of breweries were kegging, you know. Yeah, Every, everybody was paring their businesses down yeah. and like, you know, not selling beer, you yeah. know, or not much of it. So it's pretty scary. Yeah. Yes. Well, oh, we'll get to that. Oh, yeah. So, so <laughs> Please now no. you're, so, yeah. Oh, we're going to get into it. Yeah. So now, what, once, once, if ever the pandemic is over, I'm like, wh- what are we going to talk about? Um, so you're in California, mm-hmm. and you discovered craft beer. Yep. And what was what was the name of the place again? Barney's Beanery. Barney's Beanery. Yeah. And what was it like there? Was it big? It was a big place with five pool tables. So oh, basically wow. every shift you broke up a fight. Uh-huh. Um, it was just a legendary place mm-hmm. because it was, you know, amongst other things, it was the last place Janis Joplin was seen alive. Oh, wow. It was about 100-ish, not quite 100-ish years old then, but it used to be like a chili stop, like mm-hmm. a hot food stop when the trolley car was running along Santa oh, Monica Boulevard. Oh, wow. Bulba. Is it still there? It's still there. The original location is still there. i to check it out. Yeah. And I guess some guys who ran a pool hall in Pasadena bought it and they've since replicated it. Like there's a Barney's Beaner mm-hmm. at, at LAX. There's one okay. at UCLA, you know, and it's like they're just against pool tables in a bar. Do you have a pool table? No, no. Yeah, I'm against. I'm against it just because of the fights. I'm like, yeah, you just gave the fights a bunch and the of gambling. Drunk people, like the gambling yeah, tends, tends to lead to problems, and, and it tends to lead to like just like a, like wrong situations. <laughs> yeah. You know? So how long uh, were you there? Five years. Okay. Yeah. And then did you work in another place in California, or did you? I come? did. I ended up working uh, in a place that um, this is the. You know the story. The story goes uh-huh. that I was fired by Prince. Oh, because <laughs> not directly, but because uh-huh. I ended up working in a club downtown, again that I caught wind of word of mouth, that was just 
jammed at all times. It was like 19 bartenders in this place. Mm -hmm. Full security staff and raves and just all kinds of crazy hours and money hand over fist, that kind of place. Yeah, right? it was the 90s. People were making money back Yeah, then. and it was, a down, it was kind of downtown L.A. at that time, uh -huh. like a section of downtown L.A. that was still seedy, so it was really just a destination mm -hmm. spot. Like there was always something going on. And they had these... It wasn't really my bag, but it was like they had these sort of celebrity DJs come in and, you know, mm -hmm. and run nights, you know. But about, I don't know, maybe four to six months after I started working there, Prince bought the place. Oh, wow. And turned it into Glam Slam, his nightclub in L.A. Uh -huh. And we all, we all got fired except for the one guy who could, like, do the bottle flipping of the Tom Cruise routine. <laughs> so we all went back in so and got re-interviewed, and they were like, do you do any tricks or flipping bottles or anything? And I'm like, no, but I'll the, ring your register. The trick you know? is I put the liquor in the glass exactly. and take and the I, money. And, I'll, and I'll, crank up, I'll crank your cash register. I'll set your register on oh, fire. Oh, no. I mean, you probably wouldn't have been happy working there I would anyway. Not have been if happy. They were. And, I, and I did go back and visit because they kept a lot of the security staff, so I was uh -huh. friends with a lot of the guys there that ran the, uh, ran the, you know, the overall security thing. So I went back a couple of times, and it was kind of a miserable. Yeah. You know, just, I, again, it was just like a, there was just an opulence that kind of mm -hmm. took over, whereas before it was just a nightclub, yeah. you know, which is not always fun to work in. If you ever worked in a nightclub? I, it's I just, never worked in a nightclub, but I, I am aware of how, like, nightclubs used to be, like, edgy and grungy. And, oh, yeah. And you you didn't have to have a lot of money. Yeah. And, and now it seems like they all went the way of Prince. I guess Where I mean it's like bottle service and what we had bottle service then too. The, the, really? The, yeah. The the hardest part about that job, and for people who are in the bar business, uh -huh. they'll really appreciate this one. Um, at the end of the night, the manager would come through and pull all the tips, and then you'd get your tips back like oh. a half hour later. Like they took them in the back room. Oh. Yeah. And divvied like them. Up. I, no, no, it was not. It was not good. <laughs> I don't like that. Not good at all. And every once in a while, you got the, like the tip over the over the over the bar, like someone you know throw you a little extra because you took care of them or whatever. Uh -huh. And that one, that one, right in your pocket. Totally. Oh man. Yeah, it was a little. It was it was seedy. Yeah. You know? I worked I worked in a few places like that, but not for very long because yeah. that's just. But once you've got mistrust there, it's yeah. like, it's just not, you That's know. the end. Yeah, well, it's the, it's already a stressful job, and then you got all that on top of it, and you're like, maybe this isn't shouldn't last long. And then how many people have their hands in your in your pocket, right? right. Like, who's right. getting your tips? Yep. So definitely yeah, somebody. Yeah, why do you need to take them for a walk was yeah. my question. You know, yeah. it's like, we can we can kind of figure this out. You know, we have a few guys here who have been here a long time, and they, can, know. they can work it out. We were able to count money... That's Up right. until now, I'm sure right. we they can continue. They made all the proper change time. Yeah. <laughs> I can do a little bit of math. So you got fired from that. Now you're still in L.A. Yeah, and, and then, then I kind of, then I met my now wife. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of bounced around looking for work. I worked one night in this place and a couple nights in another place. And I was just not happy out there. I mm -hmm. kind of wanted to come back east. And fortunately, she did, too. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we just left. We just mm -hmm. up and decided, you know what? This, like, hunting for work is... I'm just not into it. And uh, got here and got hired down at uh, Walker's, down in Tribeca. Okay. That that sounds familiar. I can't picture it. Yeah, what is, another it legendary like? place. It's a, it's, a, uh, it's a little... It's not little, actually. It's quite sizable. But, like, there's three rooms. So mm -hmm. there's, like, one kind of biggish bar room and then a couple of dining rooms. Just a classic old New York joint, uh -huh. you know. Um, great, like you know, we had the the, the white aprons, mm. and you know, we we served okay. like I mean everything from like De Niro and those guys that come in. 
to the cops at the, the first precinct. Uh -huh. Just, you know, the, mount, the mounted guys were the best. Oh, uh, the wow. Mounted police, with the they horses were the, outside? They were the best. They didn't, yeah. I guess they, they didn't come with their there horses. They were a certain breed. Right? <laughs> yeah, no pun intended. But they were a certain breed of cop. <laughs> they didn't, like, fun. park their horses out front. No, 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 no. They had a stable. I think they had a stable right there, actually, uh, like a block away. I feel like that's the solution to drunk driving, because a horse isn't going to, like, drive over a bridge. Right. But then there's the story about the guys in Ireland. I met a dude who was a roadie in the 60s for a uh, bunch of bands who used to tell me about this thing you could do where you could you could actually just rent a horse and a wagon. Okay. And the horse knows the, where knows to go between to go. towns and pulls you right up in front of the pubs and you roll <laughs> out of the thing and walk in. That sounds amazing. And he's like, you know, sometimes I was wondering if the horse was drunk, you know what I mean? Because we would just kind of be veering a little bit and like, are we all right, you know? But yeah, so walkers for a while and then, uh, and then I ended up going to River Run, which is no longer there, mm -hmm. over on Franklin Street in Tribeca. Was that I, like a restaurant with a restaurant? small bar, like a ten seater? Mm -hmm. Very, very quiet, um, like a close early kind of thing. Like once the okay. well, got a little bit of a bar scene going after after kitchen closed, but um, but that's where I met Dave Broderick from the Blind Tiger. Okay, and um, and uh, the owners of River Run were involved in you know wanted to get involved in the Blind Tiger and wanted to open places, and so the, all of that ball started rolling with mm -hmm. what eventually became this place. Got it. So, you know? and Dave is your partner. Dave was my partner. Was your partner? Yeah. So we all kind of started. Well, here we started with seven of us, and you oh, know wow. there wasn't a lot of money, you know, yeah. like from you know, and then basically over the years, you know, first couple of years were really horrifying mm -hmm. here, like really quiet. And people bowed out, you know, bought them out, and then, you know, now it's just me. Okay. Yeah. So the so the Blind Tiger was already a thing. Yep. Blind Tiger opened, and then, uh, let's see now, we opened, was it a year, like a year-ish after the Tiger, maybe okay. two. And then you were like, Park Slope, that's that's the place. There's no, what happened there was <laughs> that my partner, one of the partners in the in the Blind Tiger, mm -hmm. and, uh, and we were working on, we were going to open together the spring lounge okay uh in the city i was a partner there mm -hmm. and uh he took over the spring lounge and he had a grandmother who lived out in bay ridge and was sitting at that traffic light out front and saw uh -huh. the little side yard uh -huh. which was a wreck i mean people yeah. were all, all the neighborhood were throwing their garbage onto it and it was crazy what a clean out um and he was like, you know, I kind of think that there's a corner out in Brooklyn we should look at. Okay. So came out here and looked at it on my own and then uh, said, yeah, I definitely want to look into that one. Then met the landlord out here. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he unlocked the door and I walked in here, I was like, I think, I think, you think this, this is it? the one. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go ahead. What was here before? Do you remember? So it was an upholstery store that kind of got uh -huh. up and left in the middle of the night. There's all oh, kinds wow. of weird stories with that, uh -huh. with, uh, with businesses anyway, right? And over the... Uh, the history of business. Yeah. But this guy, the only time it wasn't a bar was before us. Uh, oh, it was, so it was a bar before that. It has been a, it's been a bar since like the 1800s, like okay. late 1800s. Okay. And there's a bunch of, it's actually mentioned in um, in uh, Pete Hamill's book, A Drinking Life. Okay. Where I'm, he's in here with his, have you read A Drinking Life? I haven't read it, but you, I'm going to have to read it now. You're going to have to read it. I'm going to be a get a copy and send it to All you. All right. <laughs> I love be to a professional that. podcast. I love right, to spread read. that book around. <laughs> and it's basically like a story. Pete Hamill, you know, very, gone now, but very well-known writer, uh, worked for the Daily News. Mm -hmm. uh, Daily News and Post, I can't remember now what uh, whether he worked for both. But he um, grew up over in Windsor Terrace-ish, mm -hmm. you know, 7th Avenue okay. up that way. And when uh, there was a bar in every corner and a bar in the middle of every block. Yes. A stick ball in the streets, and it was just old mm -hmm. Brooklyn. And, you know, gangs and fights and mm -hmm. 
drunkenness and, you know, rolling up in the streets and all of this stuff. And he's got a brilliant book called The Drinking Life about that. Well, I'm going to have to he, read it. You know, I grew up in Windsor Terrace. Did you really? Yeah. Okay, so then you're yeah. definitely going to have to read it because <laughs> you, you and, and uh, your family will probably know some of the places mentioned in that. Maybe. My family, I mean, my, my family, um, actually, so I grew up, I guess it's like the border of Windsor Terrace and Kensington. Yeah. And during the pandemic, I found a book that was um, my family's, like, minutes. They had, like, a family circle meeting once a month. And I found the minutes. And one of the entries, and I decided to type it. Um, we were closed for six weeks. So yeah. I decided I was going to, like, this is going to be my pandemic project. And I was going to type this up and send it to, like, the remaining family members. Yeah. And somebody in my family moved into the building I grew up in in 1930. Mm-hmm. So I guess I have family in this neighborhood since 1930. That's amazing, yeah. yeah. That's absolutely amazing. That someone kept that record, too, and that, yeah. that, 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 that record is found. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you'll love the book then because it's, it's um, whether or not you identify with uh, or, or know the actual places, it's just a, it's just a, it's a snapshot of what yeah, I'm gonna have to it was that. like. Yeah. You know, and it's still, I mean, it's gotten back there because when we opened here, there wasn't a lot going on down here. No, there wasn't. No. What year? That was 1997. 19... Yeah. Like we started mm-hmm. hammering, you know, hammering nails in uh, winter of 90, Christmas of December of 96. And uh, I mean, the funny thing about those days was, you know, people were always like, what are you guys, what are you guys building in here? <laughs> you know, we're going to a bar. No one comes down here. Yeah. And we, which was true when the first like couple yeah, of years yeah. we were here. But, you know, I mean, it's, it happened. It did happen. It definitely happen. happened. And I, now you do have, you know, I mean, now we have a, a, a miles of bars and restaurants. I know. You know. I mean, and you were, I mean, you weren't definitely not the first bar in this neighborhood. No. But you were like the first of the next generation, Yeah. Well, I well, think. So when I got here, I was thinking about this during pandemic. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, pandemic was so stupid. <laughs> and I, that's <laughs> a really bad stupid. word for it. But, no. like, it's just <laughs> that, that like, frustration word, word right? Yeah. <laughs> but I started thinking about, you know, the history that, that I've had here. Uh-huh. And then the history beforehand. And then, like, all right, so what, what, uh, what was here when I was here, bar-wise? Mm-hmm. And it was uh, O'Connor's. Yeah. Uh, the Owl Farm was a place called CJ's. Okay. Uh, Smith's Tavern, which is still there. They, were, yes. they predate me. Uh, Timbu's, which is Skylark. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jackie's Fifth Amendment, which is now the yeah, drugstore. Yeah, Jackie's Fifth. And then Ginger's was a men's gay bar called Carry Nation. Yes. Right? Yes. And that's kind of it. And then, yeah. there was a, and then 205th was here before me. Mm-hmm. He's gone now, too. Yeah. So not a lot was happening, you know. I don't know what. I think 205th opened a few years, several years, maybe five before me. And all those other places were there forever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So kind of the first new blood in a, in a bunch of years. Yeah. You know. And it's like, what, are young people going to come out? What are you doing? Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, after a couple of years, it just became that, um, you know, the neighborhood being the neighborhood, it was definitely transitioning and gentrifying, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. And. People just started kind of filling it in and starting to get out here walking. Yeah. I mean, after 10 o'clock at night back then, no foot traffic. Yeah. People yeah. were coming down here to go exactly where they were going. They weren't wandering yes. the street. Yes, yes. You know? I know when I was a kid, there was like a little patch of 7th Avenue that we would go to on a Sunday, and there were like mm-hmm. cute little shops and yeah. brunch places, but you wouldn't You come wouldn't down go to further afield, no. Yeah. Yep. You wouldn't go past Union Street. You wouldn't go past like 9th Street. Yep. And that was kind of... Right. Yeah. That's exactly right, because yeah. the guys at O'Connor's and the people that I would meet here who would want to know what we're doing 
would say people don't even come down to Fifth Avenue. Yeah. And you're talking about some of these buildings up here are absolutely gorgeous, right here. I know, so and now they're block, millions of dollars. But this was like the, the back fence. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. But it was, you know, I mean, it all worked out. Um, those, after those, like, second summer we were open because we had the outdoor seats, uh, you know, plastic chairs from Lowe's or Home mm-hmm. Depot or whatever, and, you know, and it started to kind of, word of mouth started to happen, yeah. you know. And did you work shifts? Yeah, oh, yeah. There's, you know, it was like, you know, you know what it's like when you first yeah, start yeah. out. It was like a hundred and some odd days in a row without a day off yes. because you just have to kind of get, get, the, get the pulse, yes. right? Kind of figure out how it goes, you know. I got lucky, too, though. I had a guy who grew up in this neighborhood, grew up right here on 4th Street, uh, bartender that I knew when he used to work at a place called Sparky's mm-hmm. over in, what's that, Carroll Gardens? Kind of Court Street, almost to the end, Sparkies. almost Red Hook. Okay. Um, they did craft beer and pinball machines and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like a real kind of a, like a clubhouse, you know, yeah. kind of bar. Um, this guy named Jerry Scott, sweetheart. Uh, you know, we still keep in touch. And he, he was one of the instrumental guys here to help spread the word. Okay. Because he's like, you know, there's a lot of people in this neighborhood mm-hmm. who are... Who so you don't want. Did. Yeah. And there's a lot of people in this neighborhood who you do want. Yeah. So we got to, like, you know, separate uh-huh. the wheat and the chaff, you know. I think I started hanging out here around 2000, 2001, because uh-huh. I had moved back to the neighborhood. My my mother moved out of the apartment I grew up in. I want to say it was, like, 90, maybe 97. Mm-hmm. And so I moved back to Windsor Terrace because it was an amazing rent-controlled apartment. Right. And so I was living there, but there were no bars in Windsor Terrace. There was Farrell's where I did not feel comfortable walking no. in by myself. And that was really it. Mm-hmm. There was really nothing else. So I would come all the way over here, and I was working in Midtown, and I would, like, drive back and come in here. And you had Pat, and you had yep. Jesse. Yeah. And... Uh, who else? Oh, oh those no. The, yeah, those were the days where it was really like we had kind of hit our stride. Yeah. 2000, 99, 2000, we'd kind of hit yeah, our stride. Yeah, like the neighborhood had gotten big and there weren't as many yeah. bars. So this yeah. was like the place to go. Yep. And, um, and yeah, I would like drive here to get like one drink on my way home and then I'd have to leave my car. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> Been and, uh, there. <laughs> yeah. And that was, I guess that was around the time that you had, uh, I guess, Stroller Gate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were the last um, bar too. I mean, my look, my philosophy is is pub, you know. Yeah. And uh, like my wife is Irish, my grandmother, you know, uh, it, it's like I've been to Ireland a ton of times, and it's just, uh, you know, it's like a a place that takes all comers is kind of what we want it to be, like a community uh-huh. place. And then uh, Stroller Gate, <laughs> which kind of kind of showed up because everyone else had, everyone newer than me had banned strollers. Okay. So they were all coming here. Yes. To the point where I finally just had to pull the plug because mm-hmm. it was nothing but furniture. Do you want to explain to the, to the people what Strollergate was? So, <laughs> I mean, as far as I remembered, it was the Lighthouse Tavern. Was it that place? There was a couple of places oh, that were, remember Andy? The Lighthouse and um, was it called Patio Bar? Patio Bar, that's yeah. right, that's right. I'd forgotten about yeah. that one. Yeah. But there were just all these postings that were going mm-hmm. up, and I believe social media was starting up then. Yeah. People, were, people were putting signs in their windows. That said, with like, like, no strollers. Or, but, yes. But, I mean, like, paragraphs. Yes. But, yeah, and it just became, it became too much because mm-hmm. then you, you really dealt with, you know, the downside of, like, where the neighborhood was going when you had, you had arguments with people as to why they couldn't park all their furniture in front of seating. Yes. For your customers. Yes. So now it's like there's an entitled thing going on there, and it's, you know, I'm sorry, but, like, this is a place of business and the rules are the rules. 
and yeah. you got to pack it up and go or fold it and get it out of here. Yeah. And, you know, you start offending people, so finally it was just like, let's just end this thing right now. And people got mad. People got mad, yeah. They got very mad because my last, my, the, the final straw for me mm-hmm. was coming in here one afternoon and uh, I walked in without, normally I just eyeball. And you had a kid at that point, so you weren't like. Oh, I definitely or, did. Yeah. You weren't like anti-child. No. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I wasn't anti-child. For to the begin. record. I wasn't anti-child to begin with. And it really is not the, it's not the children, it's the parents. Yeah, of course. It's always the way it is, yeah. right? So, like, I've had my kids in bars when they were little, and they, mm-hmm. they're sitting right here with me, and they're not running around and jumping off of steps. And, yeah. You know, climbing walls. You know, they're, you're, you're sitting here, or it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. But the final, the final straw for me was that I had a group outside that I had somehow missed on my way in. I didn't eyeball it. Uh-huh. Uh, and then went through here, and there's another entrance out on, onto here. And they had moved all of my furniture out to the perimeter. Oh. And it's a pretty large area. Yeah, in the backyard. And put the baby yes. blankets all over the floor. Oh, wow. <laughs> and there was just no place for anybody else to go but these maybe 15 people. Uh-huh. You know, so it was just like, all right, after today, That's we're done. It. We're done. Yeah. And it's, you know, I mean, look. And it's, then there was like a boycott. Yeah, there was, there was a, like a, a boycott of the gate. No question. Because, no question. Um, but it didn't work. No, because, it couldn't work because if, if, if you cave to the boycott, then all I'm going to yeah. get is the, is the people that were having a hard time con- to control anyway. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. And then you're losing your regulars, and I mean, you know, the whole idea of a gate, of a, of a gate, of a bar is, is uh, a pub, like the gate, is to, you know, you want to blend everyone, right? Yeah. You, you want everyone to get along, mm-hmm. all walks of life, everybody's yeah. own thing. And with that, it was just, it became just too dominant. Yes. To control. And then it was like, if you want to go get wasted in the afternoon, you're like, yeah. why is this baby looking at me? Right, right. <laughs> why is this like eight, yeah, why are these eight babies looking at me? Well, that's, and that's <laughs> it. I mean, early, early, early in the day, it was not really the problem. It was, it was the, uh, like early in, in our history and also earlier in the day, that was kind of the time. Mm-hmm. It was just later on, you know, as uh-huh. the neighborhood started to kind of change. Yeah. People wanted to be out here at 11 o'clock on a Friday night yeah. with the kid. You know? yeah. And it's like, nah, I don't know. You yeah. know? I don't know about I, this. <laughs> I want people to get silly. Right. Um, were you That's nervous right. when the boycott started? Um, not really, because no. I knew it was the right thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't like it. You know, It's yeah. like the same thing with the dog You know, controversy with uh, yes. having dogs. And you know, we have an outdoor area, but it's, you know, it's like the dogs just became a thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, there's uh, a dog. Yeah. <laughs> But that's What's up? A, How are you, man? But that's a that's a good dog. <laughs> this is an old friend right here. But uh, we are doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it's um, afraid isn't the, isn't really the word. It's more like just uh, you know, oh here we go, and how to uh-huh. best stop the bleeding, mm-hmm. you know. And look, for the most part, there was there were some that. You know, in the stroller crowd that understood uh-huh. and, and got it, some that are never going to. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, I was, I was definitely pulling for you when that happened. I was like, yes, yeah. fuck that stroller crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I was. What what year was that? I was not at Commonwealth yet. I don't think. I think I was still just like a neighborhood yeah. hanger outer. Yeah, I think a lot of it just came down to, you know, being the last place that was actually permissive um, ended up just biting me in the ass. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We tried. Yeah. You know? And uh, it's okay. It's okay now, especially. Yeah. Because people just know that, you know, there's not, even if you do have that complaint, 
you know, that comment as people walk out the door, like those things, it's like, you know that like, look, there's nowhere, there's really nowhere else you can go. Yeah. Like we're all kind of yeah. on the same page with this stuff. Yeah. You know? We're, we're small. Yeah. We only have this many seats. Yep. And... Look, I had um, the same problem with that bar in Tribeca, uh, River Run, I used to work in, where all the traders, like back in the heyday of like, you know, Wall Street stuff, mm-hmm. they'd come in after after they get out of their cubicles and they just spread everything like jackets on this chair uh-huh. and briefcase yes. on the other chair. And I'm like, guys, I need these seats to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, Tighten like, it up. There's a coat rack right yeah. there. Use it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, you know. You should just give them a bill. Like, this is how much I make per each seat. Right. If you want to take up seven seats, here's your bill. Yeah. I don't know. Well, there's that. I just thought of that. Just the, tr- <laughs> the trying to explain that, you know, the it's not your living room. We yeah. want it. You want you to feel like it's your living room. But you, and this yeah. is the this is the underbelly of the business, right? Uh-huh. It's like it's not your living room because we all have to kind of follow uh, uh, a paradigm, or uh-huh. it's not going to work for everyone. Yes. You know, so yeah. if you're going to start spreading your stuff everywhere because you're comfortable and you want to put your feet up on the furniture, that's not going to work. No, you know, someone else has to sit there. That's it's right. not actually that's right. your furniture. It's somebody else's seat. Yeah. <laughs> somebody else's potential. Somebody else's yeah. the potential seat for somebody else. Yes. Yeah. And so, not yeah. everybody wants your feet on there. See what happens when you know the owner. I know. <laughs> you get all the dirt. I know. That's that's the point. That's the point. Um, unless you come in and you're like, um, I know the owner, and then right. we know that you right. don't. Which is what makes the title the title of this podcast <laughs> Thank brilliant. You. Yes. Thank you. Um, the person who says, I mean, I I do a little introduction when I train somebody new, mm-hmm. and I I personally tell everybody that I hire. I'm like. There's nobody that comes in that is like they don't pay because they yeah, know me. That's right. My friends. You can ask the staff here too. Yeah. Same thing. It's like, look, if my brother walks here and doesn't put a twenty dollar bill in the bar, yeah. you ring that register up. Yeah. You know what I mean, and he on. knows better. But I mean, yeah, you know, exactly. if it happens, my friends are like, yeah. oh, this is my friend's business. Let me spend some money here. Right. You know. So. Yeah. Um, the the whole I know the owner thing is yeah it doesn't yeah. work it doesn't work it, and I'm like it should I, gar- never work. I guarantee you know me better than they do because you see me every day right and they see me however many you well, know and also like you know we're in the position where you know it's like you're you are well known you know what I mean it's like yeah. people do know like a lot of people know who you are but that's not an advantage no it shouldn't be an advantage no and a lot of people do um, not a lot of people but some people do it yes. Oh, I know. I know Charlene. Yeah. You know. I mean, especially when your name's on the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. <laughs> I, was, I was really happy um, during the pandemic, which we'll talk about. Um, we were on a text chain mm-hmm. with a lot of other bar owners. Yeah, and we were all are. trying to figure out. Yeah, we're all yeah. trying to figure out, you know, what the hell to do next and what, what, this, nec- what this press conference that just happened means yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And we had our one in-person mm-hmm. get-together and we were going around um, introducing ourselves. And I went, uh, and you were like, Charlene, we know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's pretty exciting. Because, you know, I used True. to drink here yeah. long before yes. I owned a bar. Yeah. So I was like, the owner of the bar I was a regular at is like, yeah. Psh, no introduction. She so needs was, no introduction. That was pretty exciting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was over at... Um, yeah. Sidecar. At Sidecar, that's yeah, right. Yeah, which is closed right now. Yeah. Well, what's he doing? Is he going to reopen? He's going to reopen without the kitchen. Okay. With some kind of, like, smaller... Yeah, cool. Yeah, the um, the amount of staff... He, I had him on the podcast. The amount of staff that it took to man that kitchen. Yeah, and a time just, like this, yeah. you know, when everything's, like, prices are going up and everything's... Your overheads are crazy. Yes. But the thing I, I remember clearly about that meeting... 
As that was like a fir- the first kind of get-together with, besides just conversations or yeah. text-a-thons or whatever, uh, in-person meeting regarding the situation we all found ourselves in. Yeah. Not found ourselves in, we were forced into. Forced into, yes. Yeah, uh, against our will. Was how much um, just out- outrageous frustration we all we all felt. Like nobody was really... Like, there were solutions we were working on, but everybody was like, can you fucking believe this? Like, exasperated. Yeah. yeah. You know, it I was mean, such a hard time. It, it was. It, it was... I mean, I feel like I blocked a lot of it out because mm-hmm. now we're, we're not on the other side of it, but we're, like, yeah. on the other side of something. We're as close to the other side <laughs> yeah. as we've ever been yeah. since, since March of 2020. And um, the, the amount of shit they asked us... Hey, <laughs> they asked us to deal with um, as bar and restaurant owners, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Why are we the? Mm-hmm. Why are we the the people at the gate mm-hmm. of? Oh, the gate. Why are we the people at the gate of this virus? Yeah. Like, why does it fall on us? Why are we the ones that are? Which always seems to be the way. Like the smoking does. when the smoking law came in, right? It was the, mm-hmm. the whole message was if somebody's smoking in your bar, we get the fine. You get a fine. You know, and if and if somebody shows me a fake ID, I yeah. get a fine. Yep. Like, they're committing a crime. Right. I'm just doing my job. Yep. Why do I pay a fine? Oh, no, you know, we had the <laughs> arguments. I don't, I don't know if you, I'm sure you did because there's just so many people that I've talked to that have, but we had the arguments about the food requirement during yeah. COVID. Yes. And, you know, my stock line was like, look, I mean, it costs you $2. It's going to cost me $10,000. Yeah. So just buy the food. Just buy the food. What food you know? did you have? Right. We, had, we just had cheese sandwiches. Okay. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So. We kept it as simple. We tried a few things, but the easiest thing to do, you know, was because the there cheese? were a lot, there was a big response. We got open late. It took uh-huh. us a while to get reopened. Yeah, when did you reopen? We, we reopened the third week of, third weekend of July. Okay. I lost my father that year. So oh, it was I'm so like, sorry. What was it? It wasn't COVID, but mm-hmm. it was uh, while everybody was beginning to get reopened, I was down in South Carolina taking care of him mm-hmm. and then came back to kind of get my head around reopening and then he passed. Okay. So back again. You yeah. Know? So we, we got open late. But I guess what I didn't count on or what I didn't think was that we were going to be kind of from the get-go busy because I think a lot of people were worried that we weren't reopening because uh-huh. everybody else was opening. Yeah. And we hadn't yet. So, you know, we got the doors open. It was very clunky at first. Were you like, doing how to do go we do this? at first? We With, tried it a little bit, uh-huh. but it's like we just basically just, you know, we... we Covered the covered the bar in acrylic uh, sheets uh-huh. and everything, kind of like you know, ca- cash and carry out to the out to the front and sit down mm-hmm. or out to the side. And, and did down. you have um, street seating? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, street and uh, and obviously there we have the deck. So. The deck. Yeah. Did people walk through or did you open? They walked through. They, they walked, walked through. through. Okay. Yeah. Because it was that like that I don't know a ten minute rule or whatever yeah. the hell it was. And, yeah. You know, obviously, like we were the mask police. Yes. You know, because you definitely had that where the mask is under your bottom lip and it's not going to work for me. So you got to want a beer, put the mask on. You yeah. Know? So you got tired of hearing yourself after a while. Yes, very but much. The point is, is that we tried the food thing a few times, a few, few different variations on the on the food theme, and it was just it needs to be something just. You know, you guys just pop down in the bar. Yeah. Nothing prepared, because we uh-huh. were also very skeleton staff at that time, too. Yeah. Yeah, as everyone was. How did you have it? You had a bartender behind the bar, and that's the people it. would come up yeah. and get a drink, and that's it? Six six, six feet apart out the door. All right, you know? all right. Yeah, you know, just everybody getting in line, and people were very, like, very patient about it. It was a little bit like Disneyland for yes. a while, you know? Yes, yes. 
we um, we took that like nobody's allowed to order from the bar yeah. kind of seriously. So um, if people were getting drinks to go, they could order from the bar yeah. and go because that seemed to be okay. Yeah. But they but the people weren't allowed to like order from the bar and stay. Right. So my husband and I became waiters, yeah. and so when somebody came in, we would escort them to a seat in the backyard, yeah. and then we would take their order. And then the bartender would make the drink, and we would deliver it. Yeah. And the and had, I, had, you, had you waited tables before? I had, mm-hmm. and I hated it very much. Yeah. And I was in this like dystopian nightmare where suddenly I had to do the worst job I ever had yeah. in order to keep my my business alive. Right, and that's the thing. Like you're willing to do free, anything yeah. for free that's because right. the bartender was getting all the tips, yeah. and we weren't getting paid. And People who were like working from home mm-hmm. were like, um, excuse me, miss. And I yeah. was like, what? Like I was pinching myself. I was like punch. I was like, how did this happen? Yeah. How did this happen? Well, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, and I'm sure you had the same experience. I mean, I'll, I'll uh, jump in and say when you say for free, because it was the same here. I was yeah. backing up people and, you know, mm-hmm. like making sure the staff were okay. Yes. While we were losing money. Yes, <laughs> exactly, know? exactly. So, you know, and that's another thing about the recovery from this whole thing, because we're going to get open streets back for 2022. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I just finished taxes for this place. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, we're just, you know, to get uh-huh. into, into like details, but it's like we're, you know, we're still recovering. Yeah, you know, we're still coming back from this, yes. you know. So... Uh, so were you open seven days a week at that point? We were open, and again, staffing had a lot to do with it. Yeah. So we were open as much as we could be and seven days a week for a good stretch of that uh-huh. initial. And then weather really screwed us too, yes. you know, because it's outdoor only. And I don't really have a lot of, I've got a couple of big awnings out there, but, you know, put some umbrellas up. But, you know, nobody was mm-hmm. coming out if it was raining sideways. Yeah, and everybody know? was like, do you have heated outdoor space? Right, which and- we do, but it's like, I, you know, I've, I, again, like I just my repetitive line on that one was there are heaters out there but you're not going to be in it's a t-shirt gonna, yeah. yeah you're going to be it's still going to be cold it's going to be cold you know? but that it's, winter was kind of impressive i, I have to say because the the supporters of this bar came out yes. when it was 27 degrees out yes you know same. and i was with them uh-huh. and we were out there like yeah. when we were kids standing yeah. on the street corner yes drinking beers in the cold yeah we know? were wearing our long johns yeah. and our gloves and our hats and yep. they were and, and they're drinking a cold beer and i'm like i know yeah. that you could just <laughs> call drizzly yeah. and get beer delivered to your apartment right. and thank call you for Seamless and get, like, everything you want. You don't yep. actually have to be here. Yep. Um, it was impressive. And they just did it to support us. It was us. impressive. And that was, it was that really was encouraging. pretty amazing. And then this year was completely different because we have the heaters again, but I don't know, I don't know that we've turned them on. Yeah. 10% of the time we turned them on last year. Yeah. I felt like in the beginning people were like, oh, I feel so bad. You have a... You know, a, a bar business, let me do whatever I can to support you. And then it, like, didn't last mm-hmm. very long. Yeah. And then we would get the, like, when are you guys going to get karaoke? And I'm yeah. like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. We may, there may never be karaoke again. What are you talking about? Yeah, I got like, a lot of that, too. I got a, I got some... Um you know, a little bit of pushback on how come all the all the draft lines aren't open, and you know, I mean, it's just all kinds of weird it's sort so of crazy. like it's, we're not back to normal, and any yeah. and still not back. We're to still normal. not. No. We're still like can't find everything we need at Jetro, That's and true. like limes are twice as expensive as they're supposed oh to God. be. And yeah, fruit and is crazy. Food the, is crazy. The beer companies start charging us for gas. I'm yep. sure that's going to happen. Yep. Um, I feel like the last gas hike 
was why we got the service charge anyway. Yeah. Like, that's when we got the service charge the first time. For the diesel charge, right? That's, yeah. That's uh, what mean for our compressed gases, yeah. Yeah, that and the, yeah, and then just. Yeah. The whole, yeah. So. Yeah, I saw diesel on the highway last weekend uh, that was like six bucks, five ninety-five wow. or something for yeah. a gallon of diesel. So all our prices are going to go up yeah. because of that. And that all trickles down to us. Yeah. You know? And I was just saying this to um, to someone here uh, that. You know, as things kind of inch up price-wise, it's something that, you know, you hope people will understand. Like, we don't really raise our prices by seven cents. Like we, No, you, know, you, you raise kinda, it by a dollar. You kind of raise it to a dollar. Yeah. So if you're at $8, $9 a pint, as we are now, like, you got to go nine ten, and you got to, you, you, you put that off for a little while. Yeah. And absorb the loss, right? Yeah. The, the price, you, you absorb yeah. the bottom line. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, you're jumping up a dollar when you really, you could jump up 68 cents. Yeah. You know? And, and $10 a, seems a lot more than $9. Yeah, no question. So. <laughs> yeah, and I have stuff now that, like, you know, the specialty stuff that you bring in and some of these prices are just, you know, there's just prices I never thought I'd see and it's got to go out for 10 bucks a pint. Or yeah. It's just, you know. Yeah. And you're going to have, like, in, you know, a craft beer bar, you're going to have people who are absolutely willing to pay it because it's that, it's that beer. Yeah. You know. But across the board, you know, a $10 pint, if you were to go across the board, a $10 pint, that's a lot. Yeah. You know, it doesn't then, need to be that, but some places also are doing that, so. Yeah. What else happened during the pandemic? They changed everything every couple of days. Well, uh, you know what? You were talking about waiting tables, and we did that here, too, because there was a point at which... You had to do they, table service only. They could order at the bar, but couldn't carry it from the bar or something. There was a weird kind of a, a, a non-clarification yeah. of the, the rule. It was it was like there's tables, table service only. That's right. They did that. They ended up um, doing that. And then I went to a few places and they weren't doing it. And then I was like, why am I waiting tables like a schmuck? Yeah. And, and, um, and then you would get inspections, right? Mm-hmm. You would get an inspection yep. at least twice a week. Yeah. And, and they were like stray dogs because once they came in and inspected you, inspected you, like you'd see them again every week. Yeah. You know. But it was always different. It was yeah. a different group. It was like the T, the TLC. Oh my God! When the TLC <laughs> came in. <laughs> and then, and then I, they were like, "No, you have to put X's on the floor." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "But, but people aren't allowed to come to the bar." Right. So the next person's gonna come in and be like, "Why are there X's on the floor?" Yeah. People aren't allowed to come to the bar, and then they're gonna, and they were like, "That's all I know. X's yeah. on." the floor and I'm like all right and then the next guy would come in and be like why are those X's on the floor well did you, you guys letting... I mean the worst part we didn't build the, the street seats okay uh, but did you guys do that did we you didn't do up? it we yeah. didn't do it because I've heard nothing but nightmares about the yes. way the DOT yes I had a DOT guy here a couple of days uh, he just wanted to inspect my setup for the tables on the sidewalk uh-huh and uh, and then he looked over I, at that time I had the um, the outdoor area partially enclosed for the wind for the coming winter uh-huh and he just peeked over and he was like, yeah, you're all good. But I've heard nightmares about, oh, you know, yeah. about them saying one thing and then the next guy says something completely different, yes. which is kind of what and we deal with with the health department. Yes, too. yes. But now yeah. you deal with it with every department. Yeah. And we were all getting all those text messages that yeah. was like, um, you know, building inspector came to the gate. Mm-hmm. Building inspector came to... Um, and this is what he said. And like, yeah. that makes no sense. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, uh, it was hard. So, I mean, the bottom line is that you know I've often felt, and I think like Andrew Ridgey and those guys that are, have become advocates, because we didn't really have a centralized organization batting for us. No. Then, but I think that's that's where we're going. And that I think would be nice. I think something like a um, a political uh, uh, 
power, for lack of a better way of putting it, some kind of political representation is the best yeah. way to put it, in government, in city government, for what we do. Because, look, we're the backbone of this city. We are. People He's, don't come here, come to New York yeah. to, like, just wander around the streets. They want bars, they, they want restaurants, yeah. they want nightlife. And we're the only industry that is actually making money in the city yeah. because there's no manufacturing, there's, yeah. there's very little shopping. Yeah. The only thing that is like a business that you come to the city and you have to actually spend money in that business yeah. is the bars and the restaurants and the shows. But everything else is, I mean, even the cabs are now like, they're all Ubers and Lyfts. That's, a, That's right. like a West Coast company. Yep. And the gate is the gate. And the money that the gate, like the money that the bartenders make is going to be spent in the city. Yep. And the money that you make is going to be spent in the city. So if they're just going to keep overlooking us, they're yep. going to make a big mistake. I had I had and, simplified it in my mind, you know, when I was really frustrated with all of the rule changes and the, you know, the way they were. And again, they were trying to stave you know, a really a horrible situation from getting more horrible. Yes. And part of it, I understand. Like, yes. we do have to control this thing or we're all screwed. Yeah. And, and we'll never get reopened. But it, it came down to, you know, it comes down to if we're not healthy, that sales tax check doesn't come in. Yeah. You know, every exactly. quarter, you know. Exactly. And we're not hiring more people. No. You know, so, I mean, you want you want bigger payrolls, you want to look, you want your numbers to mm -hmm. look better. You know, the tens of thousands of restaurants and bars in this city need help. Yeah. You know, and support. Yes. And so support is, more, is much more important, you know, and that we can, we can have our voices heard. Like, no, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and I feel like we got together more than we ever had before. And I think they assume that we all, like, see each other as competition. And I don't think that's the case. I think we're all running a small business mm -hmm. and don't have time to get politically involved. Right. Like well, that's, other... there's that too because a lot of independent ownership and that kind of stuff where it's like, I mean, who's going to who's gonna be able to invest that time when we are, you know, look, I mean, we get calls when the toilets overflow and yeah. are, you're out of bev naps and like, you know, you get all that stuff. The cops stuff. got called at three and in the morning like, I'm and I'm at a community board meeting. No, yeah. that's, I mean, that's, you know, who's yeah. going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <know>? <laughs> you know, it's a reality that we have to face because we're not going to survive another, you know, God forbid, another uh, no. wave no. Uh, if there's no help from the government, if there's no actual, like, you know, like recognition of yeah. us as an integral part of this city. Yes. Yes. And, um, and everybody was telling me to take the loan when the loans first came out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't understand how the answer to being closed is to borrow money. I, I, was, made, I was right there with it you, was, I was like, that makes no sense. I didn't even know if and we then, covered this in our, in our, our group text. But, I don't know, you know if we For did. me, it was like, you know, and I just remember ranting and raving to my wife about it. It's like all they're offering us is debt. Is debt. I don't want debt. No, I never you know? want debt. Because I don't know I, how I'm getting out of this. Yeah. You know? and I don't, I don't want to get out of this plus debt. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so yeah. Then, but then I have an uncle who's a CPA, and he called me, and he was like, "You got to take the PPP loan." Yeah. And and I was like, "That's ridiculous. If it's free, why are they calling it a loan?" And he was like, "Just do it. It's free." And it and ended was, up it ended up being and forgiven. it ended up yeah, being yeah. forgiven. Yeah. But it, I was like, "Well, then why would they like? They're definitely trying to trick me. Because why would they call it a loan yeah. if it's free? Like it made <laughs> it just it made me crazy. And I was the last person to apply for the PPP well, loan. Well, that's also but, that's what we're talking about here. So that's that is based that's grounded in your. Our mm -hmm. mistrust because we're not represented in government. You know, I mean, no, I don't, we, we don't not. really have someone to say, look, somebody's got to watch out for the bars yeah. and restaurants. Yeah. Otherwise, everything that gets handed down, you're like, 
they're trying to get us somehow. Yeah, you know? I mean, and they always are. We, we, we my liquor license was up. Um, like right after the pandemic, so was mine. our sales tax was due. Yep. Nobody was like, "Oh, there was don't no relief pay. on that liquor license." Was, either. Yeah, we paid no full price for liquor license. Full price for liquor license when we were closed. License, we were closed. Yeah. yeah. Um, full sales tax from the previous quarter. Yep. And you know we can't afford to give our staff health insurance. Yep. Um, so you know. Yeah, there was that talk that was in. I think it might have been Andrew Ridgey and those guys. That we're talking about pressuring the government to change to turn the sales tax into a into a grant. Yeah. Right. So in yeah. other words, if we don't pay sales tax and just keep that money we in just, the bank, because mm-hmm. it got pretty hairy bank yeah. account wise. You yeah. Know? Those statements were pretty frightening. Yeah. And those that sales tax is always. Yeah. Like it's always a chunk. I'm like I don't I, did I not calculate correctly? Like right. why is it suddenly <laughs> there's no money in the bank? Right. <laughs> yeah, and then if, you know I mean the, and the thing about. This is this is this part of the podcast is for anybody thinking about getting into the yeah. bar business. Okay. Because <laughs> yes. not everybody can do it. <laughs> no. Everybody thinks they can do it. Yeah. <laughs> the reality on the ground is a lot different. Because then you've got the you know I, I spent six thousand dollars in heaters to try to stay yeah. open. You know what I mean? Now I'm back that much. Yes. And the toilets just went, and you know the, the and the toilets always go. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's true. That's and then, their, that's their and job. now <laughs> and now I have to learn because. Yes. Booze, you can buy extra and mm-hmm. it doesn't go bad. Right. Now I have to learn about buying food, yep. which I never knew before. Yep. We sold sandwiches that somebody else made, and sometimes we would throw them out. And something, but now I'm like, but see, I, that was also the frustrating thing. Sorry, if I, yeah, I no, go ahead, go ahead. That was the frustrating thing about the rule, the food rule, is yes. they, they did not allow third party. Yeah, right. So yeah. I was approached by all these people who are like, hey, we're the third party kitchen. And we'll do it for you. The, the city doesn't yeah. allow it. Yeah, you know? and it's so stupid because that would have actually helped yeah, somebody that else's solved business. So many problems. Exactly. And now your and bartenders are making cheese sandwiches and they're throwing them out at the end of the night. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, we were giving them away. We had like a couple of homeless yeah. people come by every night, clockwork. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's so good. So it ended up okay on that end, but you know, it was still it's a very frustrating situation. And so the latest change is we no longer have to ask for vax proof. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I guess I should say, how did that go when you had to ask for vax proof? That was one of my least favorite things. So did you have problems with it? Because we had one one glaring customer, one glaring mm-hmm. issue with one customer. And for the most part, it, it did seem, again, you could actually interview the staff and you might get a couple of stories, but it did seem like it was a little... Uh, less uh, problematic than like the, the food uh-huh. rule and the yeah. other the other stuff. Yeah. You know, why do I have to stand here? Why do I have to be six feet away? Why do I? Have yeah. to, why can't I just bring the drink to my table? All that stuff that we dealt with. Um, but yeah, we got one person who asked us whether Nazi flags were. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like thank you. Good night. Good you night. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye. Um, and no, we didn't have that many problems with it. But the problem was that the staff was getting really frustrated mm-hmm. with like having to stop everybody and ask them for a thing. And I hate, I very much, very much hate that everybody's first experience Mm -hmm. is this, like, show me your papers. You know, like, it's one thing if you're 22 and, like, you're used to it, but, like, a grown-ass adult is getting treated like an asshole the minute they walk in the door, every time, everywhere. And there's... That was was definitely a part of it. Not a lot you can do about it other than to tell your staff, like, please... Be nice, ask nicely, tell them I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, 
after, you know, 40, 50 times doing it in a row and people just keep walking in and it's like, hey, papers. Yep. You know, you didn't show me your... And so, we did have, you know, we had a couple of inspections where they were kind of laying back and making sure we were doing it. Yeah. Like they were watching yeah, we us do it. Yeah, we had a few it, too. So. And, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's really hard on the staff. And you had to have the sign up. And no, we didn't know we had to have a sign up. And then they're like, mm-hmm. no, 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 you got to have the sign up. I guess they were good about like the first inspection was telling us where to put the signs. But then we all had to print all these signs and put them up. Right. I was very happy to take all the signs down. I think, I think there's one, if there's one good takeaway to what's, what's been happening is that like when we got the letter grade rule mm-hmm. from the health department, that was modeled after San Francisco. Uh-huh. And San Francisco's letter grade rule is different in that the first inspection is just a recommendation inspection. Oh, unless that be you're like nice? serving pork at like 58 yeah. degrees, and you're going to endanger the public health, yeah. then you're then you're fine. Yeah. But it's like we need you to. By the time we come back two weeks from now, this, this, and that have to be fixed. So you had a cure period, yeah. like the fire department does. That sounds and, nice. And it's well, that's and that's what the DOT did. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, for some places, yeah. not for all. That's what the health department did on a couple of inspections here, where they're like, "No, what you need to do is this, this, and that." So it was yeah. helpful, mm-hmm. rather than like, "Okay, we're gonna find you and then come back and check you in two weeks and find you again." Yeah, that would you know? that would be nice if the health department did it like that. Because yeah. I understand if you're serving, you know, undercooked pork. Yeah. Yes, you're a problem. Or yeah. if you know your cook has his finger in his nose yeah. and then like doesn't use gloves yes we want to avoid all of that we've but, seen we have seen all of this stuff <laughs> yes but but like to be like oh there's a little hole in your ceiling I'm gonna like knock you down to a yeah. B grade and no one's yeah. gonna want to come in your place and it's like but it's just a hole in the ceiling right. like you like a mouse didn't come in through that hole that's a You're huge just... that's a huge perception on the public's behalf when I remember when the letter grade first uh-huh. started coming in and I was walking on Fifth Avenue somewhere and stopped to read a text or whatever it was mm-hmm. in. Overheard some people talking about the bee in the window. Yeah. And not wanting to go in there because, oh, they got a bee. But <laughs> you want to stop them and say, do you know, like, you don't know most what of the, the reason why they got for, the bee yeah. was just a bunch of BS. Yeah. You know. And anybody can get an A and anybody can get a C. Yeah. It just yeah. depends on who is yeah. there. Um, I had a health inspector come in to Charlene's and she was like, I need to see inside the ice machine. And mm-hmm. I opened the door and she was like, no, I need you to take it apart. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know how to take it apart. Like I have a person for that. Yeah. And she was like, get me a screwdriver. I'll take it apart. And I was like, are you kidding me? And I wanted to be like, I don't have a screwdriver. But I knew that if I didn't get her a screwdriver, she mm-hmm. was going to go in her truck and get a screwdriver. Well, we've had the same thing. And, I mean, we lease our ice machine. So uh-huh. I was like, look, that's not even my machine. Yeah. So if you take it apart and I'm, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to yeah. get hit for it. You yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah, it's hard because they really, some of them can be hands and knees for two hours and just, you know, driving yeah. you crazy. And if they're training somebody, forget it. Oh, yeah. And then we Definitely. all have a room in our basement that's our landlord's room where they mm-hmm. keep the boiler. Mm-hmm. And we have to keep that room clean. Yeah. Because it's not off limits to inspect. Have you ever had the um, the because we have you know I have a locked office down there. Uh-huh. Um, the health inspector that needs to see that room. Like, um, like you need someone to be able to open that door. I mean, they had they made me open the the door to the landlord's like boiler room. Right. And but I don't have a I don't have a locked office. Right. <laughs> yeah, but that was also telling you know I have a key you know I have a key set aside for that. Uh-huh. It's just one of those things where it's like there's no it's not for you happening in there. Yeah. It's you know books that has anything to do with people upstairs. And, yeah, none of your business. <laughs> there's no public health I, issues in there. I dry my laundry in there. I actually do dry my laundry in my office. But this but... is the stuff we have to deal with. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. 
for you, like all your businesses are okay now? I mean, I'm I not mean, okay, but I mean, like, you know, you're kind of on your, you know, on the right path. This week felt good. Yes. This week yes. felt like, Same here. like everybody decided that it's time to come back out. Yep. Even the bad weather days yep. seemed good. And it seemed like it was like that everywhere. Yeah. Like wherever you went, oh, yeah. there were people out. So that's think, great. And, um, we, we got a few phone calls where people were like, um, I have a few friends that aren't vaccinated. Can I come in? And I was like, I was a little bit floored because I thought like, we're all vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Now we don't have to check anymore. We're all yep. good. And I didn't realize there was an entire population of people that were unvaccinated waiting for the waiting restriction for to, to yeah. lift. So I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean... I mostly feel like it's not really my job to police if people are vaccinated mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. We're all vaccinated and we've all done the best that we could. Yep. And nobody is getting vaccinated that isn't already. Right. Like, we did what we could. They're but not you, doing it. Did you hear about the place here in the city somewhere that like kept the kept the vaccination rules in effect? Oh no. Yeah, and How'd then they go? got immediately jumped on by the anti-vax crowd and yeah. like people just stormed the place. Yeah, you don't need that. Well, you don't. And, you know, I mean, my my only comment on that is that, you know, these are people that act like you don't you don't act in bars and restaurants and yeah. you're going to get kicked out anyway, whether yeah. or not we have a pandemic. Yes. You're going to you're going to blow past the host and go see it yourself. You're out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So you just revealed yourself as the customer we don't want. Yeah. You know. Um, but I don't want to be on their radar. No. As like. No, no, no. Like you, we're gonna. You're sticking, we're your, gonna, you're sticking your neck up there. Yeah. yeah like they're gonna no drive question. in from Staten Island and right. you know, like sit in front of right. my place and yell. I mean, I had some close calls this year. I had. Um, I probably talked about these already, but I had a guy throw a chair through yes, my window that. at me. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. You were, I, in, you were in, in the store when it I happened? I was inside. Oh he God. threw it at me through the window. you were closed? No, we were open. And I was I was the one that was greeting people when they came in. And he walked in the door with no mask on. Mm-hmm. And he was asking for a cigarette. He wasn't even a customer. And I was like, you have to put a mask on. And we don't have a cigarette. And then he was like, fuck you, fuck you. And started cursing at me. And I had a customer that was outside at a table and got sick of this guy cursing at me and he pulled him out the door. Right. And they got into a fight. And Oh man. Yeah. And it was also it was during all of the Black Lives Matter stuff. Mm-hmm. So the guy who started with me was like, I'm calling the cops. And I was like, All right, why don't you get out of here? Because I don't mm-hmm. want any trouble for you. Uh, you were just trying to help. And then so the guy who was helping me left. So now it's just me and my bartender. It's before 10 o'clock because mm-hmm. we had to close at 10. The lights are on. All right. All of my days. customers are in the backyard. So there's no, there's nobody there to like. Nobody up front. Yeah. Yeah. There's nobody up front. And the guy came back and he picked up my bar stool that was outside and he threw it through the window. Because you had seats on the sidewalk. Like you just yeah, had furniture we had, out there. We had furniture oh, out there. Yeah. Um, so, so that was great. <laughs> yeah. And we had a few other, like, I had a, a guy also come in without a mask, and I, I gave him shit, and he said I was anti-Semitic because he was Orthodox, and I was like, I am 100% Ashkenazi Jew. Yeah. Like, there is nobody blood-related to me that is not Jewish. Well, I mean, that's like, the, you know, that's that, that is the, that is the theater of this whole thing mm-hmm. that we've had to endure, right? Because we had a, um, 
We had a customer so upset about the sandwich that he threw the sandwich at the bartender. He was upset that it was not a good sandwich or that no, you had to no, that, that he, he had, had to, to have it. it? That he, he had to buy he it. He complained. What did you charge? Two bucks. Two bucks. And I told him the whole two dollars, ten thousand yeah. dollars, like the scales don't, yeah. you know, the scale doesn't it doesn't line up. And uh, on his way out, he was sitting outside. It was a nice night. And I, on his way out, he, he winged the sandwich at, uh, at Kelly. You know? Oh, no. Yeah. Big tough guy. Man. <laughs> you know, it was just ridiculous. It's like, he didn't hit her. I mean, it would, we, had the, yeah. we had the acrylic shield there, but... Oh, no, and then it, like, sticks to the shield and slides right. down very slowly. Yeah, no, it was wrapped. <laughs> he didn't even open it, but he just wanted to make his his, his ridiculous theatrical statement. And it's so stupid, because you're making it to the wrong person. Yeah. Like, if you want to go to Cuomo's house and throw a sandwich at his door, Correct. I get it. Correct. Do that. Exactly. We're not... Exactly. Go we stomp did... on that sandwich on his... Yeah. Set it on fire and let him yeah, stomp on it. Yeah, there you go. We didn't... <laughs> we don't want to make you buy a sandwich. No. We don't want to go to Jetro yeah. and buy a oh my God. whole thing of cheese and a bunch of white bread. Those days. That was another funny <laughs> thing about the text the text thread. Mm-hmm. You know, Jetro's got yada yada yada. Yeah. They're almost out of such and yeah. such. You better we want to get down there, you know. Oh man. Yeah, those are crazy days. <laughs> and I'm sure like the uptick in like supermarkets and Jetro and all the uptick oh, yeah. and all that food I was can't crazy. Even. You know? I guess we were lucky in a way to kind of be able to still get stuff. Yeah. In that way, because yeah. we had to do it, you know. Yeah. It wasn't like you can run out of food and then you'll get inspected, because you know that's the way it'll go. Yeah, because you know? you're totally out of food. Yeah. That would be hilarious. <laughs> All right, what else? I have a se- I have one segment. I'm reaching for my glasses. So it's a regular segment? It's a regular segment. Yeah. It's called uh, You Won't Believe the Fucking Day I Had. <laughs> and... I encourage people to email me about their fucking day, yeah. um, but nobody nobody does it. So, so I still want to have the segment. So I read um, a Reddit. Am I the asshole? Are you uh-huh. familiar? No. So um, I'm, not, I, I'm actually not a Reddit guy. I'm like, I'm a yeah. dinosaur anyway. But I'm uh, a dinosaur too. My husband uh, keeps me up to date with all yeah. the uh, social media and internet stuff. But uh, Reddit. I, am I the asshole? People, like, stuff happens to them, and they're like, hey, Reddit people, was I the asshole in this situation? So I comb Reddit, and I look for stuff that's bar-related, yep. and I read it. And, do and they, does Reddit separate it out into bars, or is it just like, no, am I the asshole? I it could be anything, like a retail. I have to, I have to go through it. I have yep. to, like, do a you search. You got to scour. I have to scour. Does and that put actually, you in a bad mood after you scour like that? Because <laughs> I almost feel some, like it's got to be dangerous to scour. <laughs> sometimes, and I, I actually, I have a, I have one that's really funny because I'll, I have to like figure out what, what buzzwords to put in. Uh-huh. And so I got this one that was like, "Am I the asshole for not splitting my Hershey bar?" And and it doesn't have anything to do with bars, but I thought it was really funny. Um, but let's see. I like to make a good one that might have to do with. Your situation, but I put, I put three in in my email, so I. Oh, but I don't have my glasses on my face yet. <laughs> it's pretty dark in here too. It is. So. It is. But my phone has a light. All right. Let's see. That one's long. Let's see how we feel about this one. I I've had this one in my in my list for a couple of weeks, so I don't know if I remember it. But let's see. Okay. Would I be the asshole? Oh, from an from an owner's perspective, it's going to be good. Would I be the asshole if I told my coworker to stop trying to get customers to come in on his shift? I work at a semi-dive bar in the middle of Nowheresville, one of three bars in the immediate area. We have a regular crowd, and for the last while, we don't have a large staff. Recently, we brought a new guy on. 
Let's call him Andrew. He seemed great, has experience, does good work, sociable with customers, willing to cover, good stuff. I'm loving Andrew. <laughs> he works the morning shifts, and I come in during the late afternoon. Well, yesterday, when we made the switch, he stayed to drink. Great. However, I saw him talking to my Saturday regulars a little while later saying how they should come in earlier to hang out with him. Not really an issue, because we all want everyone to succeed. Figure that if they come in early, they would still stay a little later for when I get in. Kind of don't want them to change their minds, because I have rent (laughs) and I need the business, but customers will do what they want. I keep my mouth shut because it's not my place. I get a text this morning from my regulars telling me that it was inappropriate that Andrew was trying to get them to switch it up because they realized... This is from the regulars, the text? Yeah. Yeah. Because they realized that's money out of my pocket. They want me to stand up for myself and tell Andrew to not poach my customers that I spent a long time networking and accumulating. I see what this customer meant and appreciate the concern. Is it annoying to me that Andrew did this? Yeah. I like my customers and need the cheddar, but I understand that word of mouth and meeting people to invite them to your shift is how money gets made. I personally wouldn't do that to my coworker, though, especially during their shift, but I don't think I have a leg to stand on in expressing my annoyance. Would I be the asshole in saying something like, hey, maybe don't poach my customers in front of me? I'd like to note that I don't want to say anything to avoid causing an issue, but if Reddit thinks I should, then I would find the most professional way to say something <laughs> or not do a thing and just deal with it. Thanks. So this is so, the this is the veteran the the veteran bartender. That the new the new guy is poaching is, is Yeah the new is, guy is coming in on his shift yeah, and telling and I mean, the customers look, poaching to come is in. A, poaching is a bad word in this business. <laughs> I mean and you know the worst part of poaching is when bars poach other bartenders. Yes. Um, which is intolerable. But uh-huh. I mean I also understand the hustle on the new guy's part. Uh-huh. You know, but at the same time it's like you're the new guy. Yeah. You got to get in line. Yes. Right? Yes. And I do think I do think that you know for I've been the new guy in a ton of situations and you just you know you got to kind of learn the ropes and get uh, you know get the lay of the land and try to hustle as best you can but you yeah. can't you can't step on the guy above his toes. Yeah, I know? feel I feel I feel I can see both sides of it. Totally. Because, because I've been the, the new guy the and hustle. I've been the old guy. Yeah. And I know that. Like, if I'm working in place forever and the new guy comes in on my shift and is mm-hmm. like, hey, why don't you come in on my shift? Um, I might be like, you know, wait a minute. Like, I brought this customer over yeah. from a bar I worked at 10 years ago. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Um, but then as the owner, I mean, for the, the thing I think as an owner that bothers me is that the customers are, like, seeing this. Because mm-hmm. I don't think the customers should see that. Right. Or should, like, right. worry about my money. Right. Or my bartender's money. No, they should just so be having the cu- a good time. So the time. customers emailed the bartender or yeah, emailed the, the owner? customers yeah, emailed yeah. the bartender. No, you got a good point there because the customers should, like, the whole experience of being in a like, bar needs to be, like, uh, like ethereal in a sense. Like, it's like you yeah. really shouldn't have any of the nuts and bolts stuff popping up, right? Yeah. Like, one of the things that always happens in this business 
is that you got to shift change. Yes. And a shift change is like reasons for people to put their coats on. Yes. And it's hard for owners to see yes. that, right? Yes. Because you're the only clock. That's the only clock That's that the they've only, seen in a yeah. while. And they're having a good time, but they're like, oh, shit, the new guy's here. And it's nothing against the new guy, but it's but like, it's like oh, now elapsed. it's 8 o'clock. Now we're going to go buy dinner. We're going to go get dinner or whatever. I, I wasn't planning to be here this long. Right. So yeah. to try to make that as seamless as possible mm. is one of our big battles in this yes. business, right? I do a lot of extra work because I don't want yeah, the bartenders to and close their tabs. You also, as an owner, out. you want to be yeah. that transition between you know you're talking to people and you're you know yes because the experience is the experience. But yeah, if they if the if the customers are seeing the um, I don't know is it like is it behind uh, the curtain behind the curtain and then it gets a little bit it's uh, contentious maybe yeah. and there's like gossipy stuff or there's stuff that could potentially be like a you know uh, it's something that they need to think about that has in really in no way involves them except yeah. for whatever time they're spending in the bar <laughs> then it becomes a little bit too much and and from from the owner's perspective that's not a good thing yeah you know yeah. Um, I like I like the idea of the new guy coming in and meeting the regulars yeah. because the more times the regular feels like they know somebody, yeah. the better. Yeah. And I also think that somebody that comes in at 9 o'clock is going to come in at 9 o'clock. They're not going to, like, mm -hmm. change mm -hmm. how they drink. So I feel like the new guy's not really hurting anybody. If the, if that regular is like, oh, one of these days I'm going to come in on your, on your shift. shift. Yeah, yeah. But, like, my schedule is this. Yeah, this is when I normally This is when do. I normally yeah. come out. I think it's not that big a deal. I, like, unless this new person is amazing and then watch out. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to steal. Like, somebody that comes in on Tuesday at 9 o'clock mm -hmm. is not coming in, you know, at 6 o'clock. Yeah. It's just... No, I think, what? I mean, I do think the bigger issue in, in transitioning between shifts, like that's what that seems yeah. to be about, is um, is that they work together to transition properly, right? Yes. Like nobody yes. wants you to go from, no owner wants you to go from, you know, the, the jazz set for uh, the afternoon happy hour to like fucking heavy metal yes, like at 8.01. Yeah, exactly. Because right? all of a sudden you've just, you've just woken everybody just up. just changed it. Enough yeah. to lose them. Yes. You know, and that's that's the bigger issue. So, I mean, you know, some some healthy camaraderie there between shifts is always great. And I guess if you're like, if you're like the weekend bartender and you came in on a weekday and you like met all the customers mm -hmm. as an owner, I feel like that's ingenuity. That's yeah. you, you know, making sure these customers know who you are yeah. and making them want to come back more. Yeah. I, I don't do. think it's an instead of. It's like a more. Well, now I, also, I have four people. And I, I also like. am a firm believer that, like, the the regulars are the regulars. You know, obviously yes. they're our core and our backbone and our supporters. And But at the same time, our job is always to entertain new people. Yes, of you course. Know? So it's like the, uh, like the hardest thing to do. Like, my hometown, all the bars are like this, where you, like, you're known uh -huh. uh, and... You know, you get that kind of carte blanche and that yes. focus and that attention. And anybody else who walks in who's not known gets the yes. hard stare from yeah. the bartender, from the boss. And I hate that. From the, everybody else in the <laughs> bar. Oh, yeah, it's hard, right? I hate it. And, you know, the well-run bar is that, like, you, you've got... You take care of your regulars, and you're always kind of jumping in. Trying to get the new people and just making them, making them comfortable. That's all. Yes. You know, get you a drink. You know, what do you like? You know, hey, I, I saw you in here the other day. You live in the neighborhood. You know, make a conversation. 
and that's the key. So, you know, you some make, of what, what you regulars, just described. Because regulars get old, they have children, they yep. die, yep. They, they move. Oh, it has to be constant. It has to be a, <laughs> there has to be a constancy, or otherwise you get into that lull. Yeah. Also, I You're like either only regulars, or you're like, you know, you're just kind of, yeah. you know, just... I don't know, like a turnstile. Yeah. You know, it's not comfortable. I learned as a young bartender also that, like, your regulars are really the bar regulars. They're not really your regulars. Like, you're replaceable. Like, you can get fired, and these people are all going to come and sit in their same seats. Yeah. And they'll feel bad that you got fired, but they're still going to come here. Right, right. They they really... Yeah, those are the uh, those are the oak trees of the, yeah. of the bars. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. not gonna like yeah. find out the new young bar you work no, at in the city and get right. on the train to no, see no. you. They're no, just they're not. just gonna shrug and go, yeah. oh, that's a shame. I, yeah. miss, I miss Charlene. Yeah, what a shame. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll, I'll have a. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, learning that you're expendable is a is a big part of it, and also like in this business, look, it's a shady business in in many ways where. Where we, and we've all worked in places like this, where, you know, there's like a, not everyone who gets into this business knows kind of how to do it. Yeah. And everyone yeah. gets into this business thinking that it's, a, it's like super, you know, profitable and easy and yeah. you're, 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 you're hosting a party every night and isn't this great. Yeah. But the nuts and bolts of it are a lot different. Also, I like to party a lot more when yeah. I was in my 20s oh, yeah. than I do now. Yeah. Now the idea of a party is like, oh, my God, how late does a party go? That's like, right. I don't want to go to one of those. That's right. That's my bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> but our job, I think our job is just to maintain the actual, like, you know, the aesthetic of the place and just keep welcoming. You yeah. Know, it's really what it comes down to. Yeah. When, you've, when you get everybody turning around because the front door opens, uh-huh. not, a good, not a good thing. Yeah. No, it's not. It's definitely not. No. And I've come to expect that where I come from, but it's like it's not, uh, it's not, uh, it's not a good business plan. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's something you have to, you have to um, you know, instill in your bartenders mm-hmm. that, you know, I know you like these four people and they know you and they're easy, yeah. but yeah, you can't give the new person a dirty look. You got to welcome them in. Yep. Intr- introduce them to the four people. Yeah. You know, well, because- on, the, on the other side of that thing, there's insider oh, talk. It's like we also can't be, um, you know, everybody's got their foibles, everybody's got their, you know, their, uh, you know, idiosyncrasies, and we can't be those. We can't be uh, intolerant of that stuff, you know. Yeah. What I mean? It's like they're yeah. they're still your regulars, they're still your supporters. They still spend fifty, a hundred, yeah. hundred fifty dollars here a week, and you know, yeah. You, yeah. You, t- you take you take them as they are. Yes. You know, because all of that sort of in you know insider you know chatter can be yeah. can be toxic, especially if it gets if it gets across the bar. Yes. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and then before you know it, you've got like teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got factions exactly, yeah. and it's just it's just it shouldn't it shouldn't ever get there, yeah, ever get there. Yeah. Because look, in every job, it's not just the bar business. You know, you no, that, that's true. That little insider stuff where everybody's you know, oh, look, you know, Marcy in accounting drives me crazy. <laughs> you know. It's always Marcy it's in accounting. It's always Marcy in accounting. <laughs> She's the worst. Yeah, she really is. <laughs> She's always right on time. Yeah, always, right? always. <laughs> Um, and what are you doing in your in your places now? Are you staying open till four? Or oh yeah. yeah, we're we're oh, diehard four a.m. Yeah, um, and I mean, the world is different. It's different because um, I mean it's starting to come back, but I feel like all of the things that made this kind of a safe place to be a twenty four hour city mm-hmm. were taken away. Like there was nobody out. Yeah. In the middle of the night, and and I feel like the way New York worked before was that the bars were open till four, and then all the 
drunks had to leave by 4.30, and then all the workers had to leave by 5, and then all the construction workers yep. were on the train at 5. There was a flow of people. So there was people, always, always a flow of people, and you were always like, if I left work at 5, I was on the train with people who were going to work. Yeah. So I was never, like, alone in a dark city. And yeah. then it felt like, like someone stuck a fork in that, and it just... And it made, it, and it, honestly, it made things more unsafe. It you did. Know, I have neighbors and, here who, you know, they're uh, big supporters of mine, and they don't come here. They're religious, they uh-huh. don't drink, and but they love me because we turn the lights on. Yeah. You know, and the neighborhood got a little safer. This corner got a little safer. Yes. And that's what we do in this business. And we're here to take care of our end. Yes. And if somebody is, you know, being followed Mm -hmm. or uncomfortable or whatever happens outside, they come in here. Yep. And even if they don't drink and, you know, whatever it is, it's like, yeah, the light is on. And somebody in here will be like, oh my God, are you okay? Let me me call you an ambulance. Let me call you the cops. Let me call you a cab. Let me just, you know, how about you just sit here and get warm? Yeah. And yeah, that was a, all here's gone. A, here's a nice and, water, you know. And hopefully it's coming back. You know, we have some restaurants that are reopening normal mm-hmm. hours. And so we get, you know, the people having a drink after they go to dinner. Yep. And then after them, we get the restaurant staff coming out. And, uh, have you noticed then, that, because, you know, definitely in this, in this section of this neighborhood, the restaurants that are closing... 10 o'clock kitchens, mm-hmm. 9 o'clock kitchens for some. Yeah. Like, we're just getting an early industry hit, an yeah. earlier industry hit than we've ever gotten. Um, well, Minnie's doesn't have a lot of restaurants. Yeah. So, you know, we get a little, we get, like, grave diggers. And then um, Hinterlands in Kensington, mm-hmm. um, we have basically, we had basically one restaurant that mm-hmm. stayed open and then one just did to go yeah. and one closed and then... The other one's, like, on the other side, so we don't really get their staff that right. much. So Because there's other places over that way, or...? Um, I think maybe they don't drink. Right. We don't really get them. Right. Um, and also, probably, they closed early, so we weren't getting it. And then this week, like, the one that was strictly to-go mm-hmm. opened for inside. Yeah. And then the one that closed, somebody took over and reopened, so I'm very excited for just, like... The yeah, foot and traffic. That's, and that's what you, you know, you got the, you have the restaurant crowd, the restaurant staff especially, like, yeah. that, that are, are like, hey, you know, we're closing up here, but if you guys want to go across the street and exactly. grab a drink, or we don't have a table for you for like another hour, if you want to go across the street and grab a yes. drink, and that's, you know, we benefit from the couple of restaurants in this neighborhood. Yeah. That way. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, and that's what's been hard about this whole thing. Uh, yeah. Just in everyone, everyone reopening in like in fits and starts, or, or in just like a sort of a non-uniform fashion. Yeah. It wasn't like we were all just open. Like everybody had their own challenges to get yeah. to get open. Yeah. You know. And then the staffing thing, which was insane. Mm-hmm. You know, we lost a lot of staff. We had yep. to hire new people. And it's hard to find people. It still is. Yeah. You know, I have an interview yeah. tomorrow. It's like you know, it's just one of these things where. Just finding people, getting resumes. You used to get resumes like, know. you know, a dozen a week. Yeah, it used to you know? sneeze and you would get 50 no resumes. Yeah. Like just throwing my resumes around. And now, like, if I put yeah. an ad, I get two. And right. I'm like, and you applied already and I didn't hire you. You know, well, one then of And then the word of mouth thing. Like, you know, you always put the word out with your staff and, you know, and nobody knows anybody. Like, everybody's kind of set yeah. where they are or they've left or, you know, yeah. or they're out of the business. Yeah. I know? mean, I feel like all my friends are either out of the business or they, they're at a place that they like and they're not 
you know, we're old. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's that, but there's also, I think COVID definitely had a reassessment kind of a factor where yes. people started to think like, okay, so this is now what used to be a Teflon business is now an unsure thing. Yeah. You know, and look, it's I unsure mean, anyway because you don't know whether, when you're going to, you can't predict business, right? So you have no, a slow night, a busy night. But I never thought that there would be an event, you know, I always thought like feast or famine, and mm-hmm. I said this before, that people will come into the bar. Yep. Like whenever there's a war, there's everybody sitting at the bar watching the news. Yep. Or when there's a tragedy, everyone comes out to the bar and watches the news. Um, or when something good happens, people come out and they celebrate. So I never thought there would be a tragedy that people would be like stuck in their house nope. and couldn't come out. No, we had like and we were here for 9/11 and like and we were here for uh, like the blackout, the blackout. And, and blizzards and you mm-hmm. know and all the tornado that blew through this neighborhood. It was like like that those next couple of days. So like people just need to be out of their four yeah. walls. And talking about their experiences. Yes. California was the same. You know, a couple of earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Earthquake would happen. The bars would be just absolutely yeah. humming. Because nobody wanted to be home. So we were scared. Yeah. And everyone just wanted to tell their story. They just wanted you know? to like, just be like, you're okay? You're beings. okay? Okay, yeah. let's... Totally. We're all okay. And that's and what bars are. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what we are. And, and now we got to do that via Zoom. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't work with a drink. It doesn't work. People tried though. I, I I've tried. Had few, I've had a, had a few Zoom drinking meetings. But, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, they're really they're really not. <laughs> My husband and I did. Uh, we did some like bartending from our couch before right, we before right. we reopened the bar, and we yeah. did these like live Instagram shows where we had a drink on our couch, uh-huh. and we were like, "Send us money for our bartenders." Yeah. <laughs> Venmo us money. And that was and, also. Uh, that, I don't know how it worked for you guys, but um, I mean, people were super generous with the staff. When oh we, yeah. When we first, yeah. yeah. That like was the GoFundMe really stuff was great. That was really great, and, and we you know, people definitely like showed up and came out for I that. Mean, you know. I mean, historically, bartenders um, don't get unemployment. No. And, you know, a lot of their income is tips. They don't qualify for the max. So if you're talking about, like, everyone's getting unemployment, they're going to get, like, $120 a week. So I was terrified. I was like, what are they going to do if we can't open? And then luckily, most of them got unemployment. But at first, you know, Mm -hmm. we had to... And obviously, unemployment's not enough to live off of in the city. But right, but it was something. It was I mean, something. But I mean, for us as owners, you probably had the experience. There was no unemployment in the <laughs> there beginning. Was, there was none in There's the beginning. Yeah. There was nothing. And um, we were, you know, we were stuck at, we were stuck at home for six weeks and we were just living our lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, our COVID lives where we were, you know, ordering takeout every day. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if I told you, but we had COVID March 16th. No. We had, yeah. So, so the day the bars oh shut down, God. I was like, I think I'm getting sick. And, and and both of you got it? And yeah, I had it on the 16th and he had it on the 17th. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had a fever and I didn't know until after that it was COVID because we didn't go get tested, but we went and we had the antibodies. Yeah. And um, so we had COVID, so we were actually quarantined for three weeks, so we couldn't do anything. Right. And then we stayed in the house for the other, for the second three weeks and then we reopened, um, well, to go. Yeah. And, um, so, so you know, we were ordering breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and groceries delivered. After your front door. You yeah, know? <laughs> we had a sign before before they had like no contact delivery. We had a sign on the front door that said, "Just leave the bag and ring the bell." Yeah. And you know, we were we were doing it that way, and then you know, a few weeks into it, I was like, "Wait a minute, we don't have any income." <laughs> 
Like, I forgot. And, you know, we're like online shopping because we're yeah. depressed yeah. and we're like you know I need I need new pajamas buy, I need new slippers buy, yeah buy, and we're like buy. getting packages every day and then one day I was like wait a minute Stuart we don't have any income yeah. we can't just keep buying stuff like we're just gonna so so that was so we put like a buy a shopping freeze a spending freeze on ourselves yeah and um, so we didn't spend any money on ourselves other than essentials until so that Christmas we we did a um, we did a, a maximum spend, mm-hmm. and we each bought ourselves presents. Yeah, because we didn't get to buy ourselves anything, right. and I didn't want him like spending money on something I didn't want, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to be spending money on something. So we were just like, okay, for Christmas, we're just gonna buy ourselves that first Christmas, yeah, you know, like a hundred dollars yeah. worth of presents. Yeah. And, <laughs> And then we opened them in front of each other. I mean, I just I just love the fact that you went three weeks without, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, for me, it was just like, the, we don't have any income after three weeks is a, is a horrifying place to get. <laughs> I know. I was like, But we were what? all, I guess we were all, you know, again, it's like, you know, time time is so elastic with this whole thing, but... Yeah, and I you're guess like, we were all in the same boat because, like, what else can you do but order in, right? And yeah, it's like, you don't want to go to the supermarket because it's packed. Yeah, I remember going to that um, Steve's over here on 9th Street in uh, this neighborhood. Steve Town. And it was just like, why, was it why, packed? Why, why? Why do the bars? Why can't the bars and restaurants have yeah. a, a human being in there? But that place has like 75 Jam-packed. people. In it. Yeah, I know. In and line, we're, like, and know. we're considered essential, right? And, and I yeah. get it. I mean, it's a food chain thing, right? We need food, but yes. And at the same time, they weren't limiting numbers. It was like, I don't want to go in there. I'm not going in there. Yeah. You know? And I had the the fresh direct and the Instacart. Yeah. And you had to you had to go at midnight and get everything in your cart before like the like the things slot. ran out or something. Well, this the next delivery slot would open at midnight, uh-huh. and so you had to have the right stuff in your cart. At midnight and Charlie hit send. Is like stealth, stealth <laughs> and Instacart. Yeah. yeah, and hit send. You're like a fighter so pilot. <laughs> I was, and I want like I remember I wanted chicken. I wanted to make chicken soup, and and I wanted chicken, but they didn't have chicken. Um, and you had to like you couldn't like put it in your cart earlier because uh-huh. then it would go. And yeah, and so I was I was between Instacart and Fresh Direct trying to get like oh all God. the ingredients to make chicken soup within the next three days, and it was like like I would set my alarm at 11:50. And be like, okay, I gotta order, I gotta order chicken, and but they, but Instacart didn't have carrots, so I had right. to go to Fresh Direct for carrots. Oh man! <laughs> no, think about like like what it would have been like for, or what it has been like for people who like have to exist in you know in rural or suburban yeah. settings, and they yeah. have to go to the supermarket, yeah. right? Because we had all the conveniences. That's true, but their supermarkets are bigger. Yeah, that's <laughs> and they true. have parking that's lots true. and. It's and God dumb. knows, I mean, another subject entirely, but God knows those people made a killing off us, you know? Oh, they did. Yeah. And they, they keep crying poor, I and know, they keep raising the prices, and they're all it's making ridiculous. huge profits, and Walmart and Fresh Direct and yeah. and Uber Eats, and yeah. um, I'm glad they passed that law that... What do you think about this whole to-go thing now, where the liquor stores are screaming <laughs> like no, and... <laughs> I mean, I think we should, it should be a we component should, of our business, I mean... It should be. I mean, if they want to be like... I mean, it's, it, it's, it can't okay. be a bottle. It can't be. We're okay to go beer and wine, and but we're not okay to go cocktails. Is that kind of how it goes down? Um. Because we can kind of sell. We can sell like canned beer to go. Can we? Yeah. As far as as far as I know, the on-premise license. I guess it all depends on the specific yeah. license you have. Yeah. 
that you can sell beer and wine to go in a sealed container. Okay. But cocktails, in other words, a cocktail, like a made yeah. cocktail, can't be sold. And I feel like the liquor stores shouldn't get mad that we're... You can't get a cocktail in a liquor store. Right. Um, I went to a... And to be honest with you, if somebody buys a margarita from a bar, are they not going to go buy the bottle of tequila yeah. when they're hosting yeah. friends that weekend? Of course it's they ridiculous. are. It's ridiculous. Um, I went to a um, SLA hearing. Uh-huh. To, I had to do that to open minis. Right. And because the previous owners of the bar in that space yeah. had lost their liquor license and they needed me to prove that gotcha. I wasn't connected, connected to, them. to them. So I had to I go had to a one of these. I had like that here. Oh, yeah? I didn't, go to a, I didn't have to go to a meeting, though. My lawyer basically represented us, but yeah. Yeah, I had to Same go to thing. one of these, like, serious SLA meetings that none of our peers have really ever been to because they're not really scofflaws right. like all the people at, these, at this meeting right. were. And it was, they do it once a month for the whole state. That's right. And yeah. so there was Full closed circuit, yeah, closed circuit TV. Yeah. And there were five, like, commissioners yeah. on, a, like, a hot bench. And everyone was, like, more surly New York than the next. Like, yeah. more older surly. And one by one, people were coming up. And they were like, I'm applying for a liquor license. And they were like, nope. Or they were having their liquor license taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, one guy... They were like, I looked over your records, and you haven't purchased anything from a liquor distributor in six years. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, there are a lot of laws that are on our books that are confusing. This is not one of them. I think you're too stupid to have a liquor license. Uh-huh. Liquor oh license. They just God. revoked everybody's liquor license. And there was a woman that was trying to open a, uh, a liquor store, like a wine store, mm-hmm. upstate New York. And she had like a six-page typed presentation about how great it was going to be in a strip mall with something that was kind of like a Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm going to do only local wine and local foods. And this is, where, this is where I'm going to get it from. And this is like how the state is going to benefit from it. And there were the four other liquor store owners with their lawyers within a five-mile radius yeah. at this meeting. Yeah. And their lawyer got up, and they were like, "This is why we can't have another liquor store." And they denied. Shot it down. Yeah, they shot denied it right her. Down. So I feel like the like if we were together, like the liquor store lobby was yeah. together, we would be taking over this fucking well, that, city. And, and that's what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. I mean, because the liquor store does have a lobby. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're a source of income for the state, for cities, you yeah. know, towns, just like we are. But we don't have that that clout. Yeah. You know. We should get it. We this this pandemic should think, teach us. To- yeah, and I do I do think that's why we have to be a lot more vocal um, uh, with I don't know in in trying to organize. Yeah. You know, or or yeah. just just start with the you know the grassroots level and putting candidates in yeah. city councils and in, in representation. That, that support us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, right. and, and the funny thing about this business is we're not, and I've talked to a ton of us, right? It's like we're not looking for everything, but we're no. just looking for a little, like, a, a hand yeah. up. Yeah. Like, know? if I could put, like, a margarita in a little screw-top bottle and yeah. sell it, to, yeah. what's the... What's the big deal? Someone's going to have a margarita, and then they're yeah. going to be like, you know what? I'd like to buy some tequila for my house. And yeah. then they're going to, like, we're not, they're not going to not buy tequila. Well, the bodega's been getting yeah. away with it for years. I know. <laughs> and Brown paper bag, you know? And, you know, a bottle of tequila is, let's say, $27, and the margarita I'm going to sell you is going to be $12. Yeah. So you're not going to buy yep. eight of them. That's right. You know? Well, and also, like, I go back to, you know, the street fair here, right? The first few years of street fair here was, you know, a much different thing than it is now. Yes. And the cops really cracked down a few years Uh ago on the street fair. 
And look, this street fair, it's not like, you know, it's not the West Indian Day Parade where yeah. there's always, like, trouble. Yes. Right? It's always really, like, it's people pushing strollers. Yes. And having and a nice like beer on a Sunday a afternoon. Yeah. Pushing, you know, the kids around, carrying the kids around. And there's just no need for, you know, like yeah. just shutting people down for strolling with a beer on a yeah. day when the streets are closed. Yeah. You know, so that Stupid. kind of stuff has to be addressed. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, the money, the money that we make... Uh, on a day like that is sales tax money. Yeah. You know, our higher sales are higher sales tax checks yeah. at the end of the quarter. So some slack. Some slack would be nice. I know. You know. I mean, address the problems as they exist. If we had problems at year in and year out, I totally get it. You, yeah. you have to crack down. Yeah. You know, public drunkenness, whatever it is, you yeah. know, whatever's, but it's not happening. It's not. And yet it's we're still under not. the same, you know, the same sort of uh, uh, cap that everybody yes. else is. You know. All right. Do you have anything to plug other than... Uh, summer's coming. It's our 25th year. Oh, wow. Um, and we're going to... We are gonna we have a, a music series we're going to do out in the street, open streets. So we're going to be open Saturdays awesome. for the summer. Open what kind Saturdays of music? for the whole summer. We have a band called the Fumos who were here the last year. Really uh-huh. like a shit hot funk, you know, rock band. Nice. Bunch of guys apparently that all grew up together in this neighborhood. Or in these surrounding okay. neighborhoods, I've known each other since they were kids. A bunch of guys who played with a bunch of other bands, and you know, are, are industry guys and session guys. Um, and then, you know, we're gonna try to work in some other stuff. I was thinking like an Irish session kind of thing, and you know, but out on the street, you know, some a music series, basically. That but sounds we'll good. Be sitting out, we'll be sitting on the street Saturdays until uh, October 31st. Every and Saturday. S- every Saturday, and then Sundays for. I believe May and June, or April, May and June. It's not, I don't Sundays know. too? Yeah, we're getting Sundays. It was longer okay. last year, but we're getting Sundays too. All so right. yeah, we'll just be out that on the street. That sounds good. You know, weather permitting. And uh, yeah, so for our anniversary, we're going to actually sort of celebrate it on Street Fair Day, because we're getting so, the Street Fair back. Awesome. On All right, 15th. so come to the gate on, what's the day of the Street Fair? It's May 15th. May 15th. Oh, that's soon. Yep. Awesome. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, Maybe I'll, I'll be around buying some fair. beers. I used to love that street fair, and then I got like a little sick of it. But yeah. I, li- I like it when it rains because uh-huh. then it's only the neighborhood people. Because <laughs> I'm a snob. <laughs> no, I get like that too. It's like I like going out on a Tuesday night. Yeah. I used to like going out on a Friday night. But yeah, I like not a anymore. Now someone's sitting in my seat. And- that's right. Yeah. What's that person doing in my seat? <laughs> but yeah, we'll have a you know. Hopefully, have a nice summer, a good weather, uh, good weather summer, and uh, you know, kick our 25th year right out there. You know. Awesome. Yeah. So come to the gate. I got to promote some shit. Yep. Come to Minis. Go for it. Come to Hinterlands, and also check out Alex Smith, uh, my producer's podcast. Uh, the Big Howl and Possum podcast and Hal Dottie's Fast Track, and they're available on all platforms. And um, Bobby, this was so fun. Cheers! I'm glad I'm we got so to do glad it. I'm we had a chance to, to, to have yeah. this conversation. Um, you know. And you know the owner. I do know the owner. <laughs> I mean, you know, I kind of always looked up to you as a bar owner. So this it's is funny because my friend, is, uh, a friend of mine for years, uh, called this bar famous uh, in a recent conversation. I was like. It's, it's kind of hard to accept, but yeah. you know, we've been here long enough You've now, or some people enough. see it that way. You know, but I'm like, no, there, famous bars. There are, are people that met here, and yeah. their children are in college. Oh, no, we've been through all of it now: <laughs> weddings and funerals. Yeah. And, 
That's what happens when you uh, when you exist for too long. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. But yeah, we're still going. You know. <laughs> All right. So this has been I Know the Owner. I'm Charlene Wellington, and my guest Bobby Gagnon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I know the owner. I know the owner. I know the owner. I know the owner. I know the owner.